0: Welcome back to another episode of Dentistry's Growing with Grace podcast. Join Grace and her guest of the week as they discuss lessons learned in the industry and explore unique insights into ethical growth.
1: Hello and welcome back to Dentistry's Growing with Grace. I'm very excited to have Bob Affleck from City with me today. Bob, welcome to the show.
0: Oh, Grace, it's so great to be here. Thank you so much. I, I've just been so excited for this today and um, you know, just to be a part of this and, and, and hearing all the amazing things that you do for dentists is just beyond. And so I'm just really honored and grateful that I'm here today.
1: Thank you so much. And I know that the information that you share today is going to help our audience and I want them to listen carefully. And for those of you who might be driving and listening to the podcast, you can always come back to it. Um, My website is graceriza.com and you can find all of our past and um, Mm. present podcasts um, in the library of content there. So um, Bob, tell me about what you do in the dental space and and how you fit into this wonderful world of dentistry.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I I will have to say that I've actually been in the dental space for over 31 years. So um, without a doubt, I've experienced a lot throughout my career. Um, I really started out really in practice finance, so I consider myself to be a practice finance specialist. I currently work with Citibank, uh, healthcare practice finance. Um, I'm a national business development officer, and uh, so I basically am in charge of actually helping our business development officers to build their territories. Um, and um, then on top of that, and throughout my history of, of the healthcare world uh, and dental world, uh, primarily just dental. Yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, I also had become a practice management consultant throughout the years. Um, I, was, I worked with a large uh, practice management consulting firm, uh, a nationwide con, uh, consulting firm. And I have to tell you that I was so um, blessed to really be able to work with them because I, really, I learned so much about how to help dentists um, really within their practice and understanding how to build a successful uh, practice uh, for themselves. Um, and then I jumped back out of I jumped out of that and kind of went back into uh, practice finance. But I then started working um, obviously with more of the um, acquisitions and helping young dentists get into their practice. And you know, primarily for me, uh, when it comes to practice, um, you know, helping doctors with their practice um, and helping them to acquire a practice. One thing I learned from the very beginning is they really didn't understand. Um, you know, what was most important about what, you know, what they were buying when they purchased their practice. And, um, you know, through that, um, I learned that uh, they were very excited about purchasing a practice, but they really didn't understand it. So I really wanted to educate them through that process as well. Um, So uh, that is one area and why I really appreciated the practice management consulting experience as well. Um, but then I actually jumped out um, of that, and I jumped into practice brokering. I, I actually, um, you know, really started to see what was going on in the practice brokering world, and uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, there's some great practice brokers out there for sure. But I also I saw that, um, you know, a lot of them really didn't have the best interest of the doctor um, that that was buying that practice. You know, it's almost like they just cared about you know, uh, just selling that practice and moving on to the next. So I jumped in and wanted to become a practice broker. Um, I jumped into that. Basically, I uh, when I got into that, I started to find that dentists weren't trusting me either. So I, um, you know, I primarily, um, you know, when I got into that, I, I thought, you know what, I, I really would rather have them trust me. So I jumped back out of, of that that world and then jump into what it is I'm really passionate about. And really truly what I'm passionate about is being an advisor and an educator uh, for dentists and creating solutions at every stage of their career. Um, I really love being a buyer's advocate. So when when doctors are purchasing their practices, they they really don't know who really is on their side. And I really like helping young buyers um, at every step of their way through that acquisition um, and I also love to uh, help doctors transition in and out of their practices as well. So a lot of times I end up working with both the buyers and the sellers if it's a private practice. So I love, I love that process. So long and short of it, that's a long way around it. And I know it's just because I've been in it for 31 years, right? <laughs> um, that's
1: awesome. I mean, to have the experience where you, were, you had some hands-on experience in the practices, yeah through the role of, you know, when you were a consultant. Right. That brings a different level of understanding to these transactions. Yeah. Because you and, and even in my role, I'm not as involved with the transition, but I hear all the horror stories. I yeah. hear all of the well, I didn't buy what I thought I was buying or right. I didn't I didn't expect this or that. Um and it, you'd much rather invest in getting the right advisors and team on board at the beginning yeah. than trying to f- then failing your way through it because it's That's such hard. it's such an investment. It really is. So you know during the shutdown, during the shutdown um, yeah. that was a result of COVID, um, what advice were you giving and how are you able to help people through that? And what was your main takeaway through that period of time?
0: So, you know, I I, I really appreciate you asking that question. Um, Primarily, um, I served as an advisor uh, with an amazing group of um, industry leaders um, on a weekly webinar. Um, My role uh, on the advisory panel was actually to educate and help dentists through the PPP, EIDIL loans, and really kind of through that whole minefield of what was going on in that whole process. And I have to really admit, um, one thing I was really proud of is, and I'll just give City a really big shout out here because they did an amazing job um, you know, with uh, uh, helping doctors through that PPP process. And uh, I think we really helped hundreds of, well, I almost want to say thousands of people, but it was a lot of people um, out there in this world. So along with that, um, you know, I, I love providing them with the advice um, of helping them come back stronger in their practices as well. So um, that's primarily uh, the one thing that I, I did uh, throughout that process, and we did it all the way through up until the doctors started to open up their practice again. Um, and I think the biggest piece of advice, which I actually gave um, to the dentist every single week, there's actually a quote uh, that I was o- always used every single time because I really wanted them to focus on the positive because I know that that was such a horrible negative time for so many people. And basically, what I said to them, um, it was a quote that was given by a gentleman that I listen to probably on a daily basis on a podcast. His name is Andy Stanley. I've, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of him, but an amazing guy. Um, he basically said the things that we get distracted by are never as important as the thing we get distracted from. And so I really wanted them to, uh, you know. Uh, you know, really think about that because, um, you know, wouldn't you agree, Grace, that you know, when you go through a crisis, you know, you start to focus on you know all the crap that's going on around you. <laughs> so well, and
1: I, I, think, I think distraction is what pulls most of us, especially you know business owners, from our our main goals, and it's it's so dangerous to us, um, and it's not little distractions either. Sometimes it's our minds. Sometimes it's our new ideas. We're very right. creative people. And sometimes that pulls us from, from our focus. And focus is very powerful. Um, Absolutely. It's Absolutely. been top of mind for me, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week, I submitted an article all about, all about focus and how underrated it can be. And yes. it's, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, so, so how can our listeners and members and our clients... How can they increase cash flow in their practice, especially right
0: now? Right. <clears throat> so, you know, um, you know, the the one thing that I knew um, helping these doctors through this process, um, I knew that when they came back to their practice, that the very first thing they needed to focus on was not just all the PPE and all of, you know, trying to get their teams back to the practice and all this other stuff, but it, I, I thought, you know what? the best thing they could do for themselves is to really free up their cash flow. Um, and so I, I, I um, actually recommended them, I started to recommend to them, you know, almost two or three weeks before they opened up their practices um, uh, to, to basically look at refinancing and consolidating their debt. And uh, basically by doing that, um, it would help them to really start to free up more cash flow for themselves for future things. So in my experience of working with dentists, um, obviously it seems like dentists in general have multiple loans on their practice. And you probably hear it all the time when, you, when you're trying to help them with their marketing and they come back and say, I just can't afford it. <laughs> or, and that just seems to be the theme. because And it's a lot of times true that they may not be able to afford it, but normally they do have practice loans, they have equipment loans, they have lines of credit, they have, you know, and sometimes they have commercial loans as well. So, um, so basically, um, what I tried to do is really um, educate them on freeing um, up their cash flow. Um, and I just wanted—I wanted to give you like an example of really what that looks like for someone, because I don't think anyone realizes how powerful it is. Oh, create. yeah,
1: someone's, someone's, someone somewhere right now is going, oh, okay, yeah, tell me the next thing. Like, I could do that. It sounds like a lot of work. What could it really save me?
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So here's just an example of what it can save. So uh, so primarily, I'm going to use an example of a doctor that possibly had purchased a practice two or three years ago, uh, maybe has a practice loan of about $500,000 right now, a current balance of $500,000. Um, So their monthly payment would probably be around $7,954. They also would have equipment loans um, and many dentists do. um, And and normally they're around $80,000 is what I kind of seen on an average. And their monthly payments on that would be about $1,500. They're definitely gonna have lines of credit that are probably maxed out um, at around $50,000. And so that's another $1,500. So if you add up all their payments, uh, their monthly payments add up to be about $10,963 a month. So uh, based on that, um, if we were to consolidate and refinance their debt, now what you're looking at is a new loan amount of $630,000 because they consolidated all that together. And their new monthly payment has dropped to $6,303. So if you look at that, Now they've got, um, uh, now they've actually um, taken that $10,963. They've actually now got a new savings of $4,659 a month, um, which it adds up to be about $55,000 a year in savings. Um, And that's, you know, by refinancing their practice debt. So, So
1: do they end up paying more in the long term to do that?
0: You know what they do, but so but if you really look at it, when they're coming back from something like they've gone through, um, the bottom line to that story is that it's not now is not the time to think about uh, you know, the long term. Yes, they they could be stretching out their their term a little bit longer, but you know what? Now is the time to really focus on growing their practice and getting well. First of all, getting it back on track and then growing their practice, right? So um, so basically. Um you know what I tell doctors is that you know focus on um, the fact that you you're needing to uh, free up some cash flow so you can actually afford to do that, and then once you start to grow your practice, then start paying off your loan uh, um, quicker so i like
1: this I like this for selfish reasons and <laughs> I like it for unselfish reasons. <laughs> But, but really, it, it was it was really painful to see people panic and yes. pull back on really important things that were serving them. Right. And I saw so many people, and it was such a hard time because we didn't know the pros and cons of our decisions. We were making decisions without knowing for, for sure what the long term, and we still don't really know the long term. Right, you know, um, ramifications of these decisions. So for instance, a lot of people went in and like day one, laid off the team or right. furloughed the team or whatever that has in some cases served served well and in some cases hasn't served well and So many people were just looking for guidance that we were kind of just right. taking, taking whatever guidance we could get because when you're panicked or fearful, it's really hard to make good decisions. Yeah, functioning like that. And so yeah. you a lot of people looked to other people to make decisions for them.
0: Yes, and
1: now what we're seeing and to kind of because I know there might be a little lag of when this goes live, but what we're seeing now early August is that people are having a hard time getting their teams get, the staffing is the biggest issue right now. Getting the teams in place seems to be the biggest issue right now. There's yes. a lot of a lot of things that play into why that is and I don't want to get political so not I
0: won't go there. Go there.
1: I, would love I won't to. go there <laughs> but um, I'm tempted to but I won't. Um, <laughs> yeah but I mean the people who immediately without conversations panicked and and laid off their whole team or fired them without really great communication are now you know, dealing with how do we get through reopening. And there were a lot of decisions that were made. Um, I I was very, very blessed to have uh, loyal clients. Vast majority wanted to support us because they wanted us to stay in business so we could be there for them post. So I have the best clients in the world and I'm forever grateful for how they treated me through this situation.
0: That is awesome.
1: I've seen a lot of people go and just cancel everything. Yes. And now they they feel bad to backtrack. And so they're looking for all these new resources. Right. And they could have financially come up with a plan like reconsolidating, stretching out the long term, freeing up a little bit of cash flow to right. make ends meet. Right. And then reopening and having everything intact still and making it up. On the, on the back end, which I think a lot of people did. And I think a lot of people are, are going into that um, a little bit differently. So my next question, what steps would you recommend that our listeners um, take to strengthen the foundation of their practice?
0: Well, you know what, I, I honestly, I, I think the one thing they really need to start focusing on is really with um, the foundation of their practice more than anything. Um, I, I was really, you know, uh, promoting marketing from day one, um, you know, that, that was the first thing that I kept telling them is like, you know what, you need to get the message out there about uh, marketing, about, um, you know, how you're coming back to this practice and how you're going to keep your, your patients safe and, well, and your team safe, right? And, um, you know, what's that message and how are you going to deliver that to everyone in their community as well? So I actually uh, think the number one thing that they should do is always uh, come to, you know, uh, their marketing, look at their websites, freshen it up, um, really get on a um, social media platform um, and uh, really start to deliver the message of what their practice is all about.
1: And I did not pay you to say that. (laughs) I just want to go on the record and say that message was not sponsored by Identity Dental Marketing, but I appreciate it.
0: Well, it's true. My, my, next, uh, my next thing I would recommend is I would recommend that um, everyone, because we all need to do a checkup from the neck up on everything, right? So basically, I, I also say that for the practice as well. Um, I would recommend that they do what, what, what we call a practice snapshot or a business evaluation. You know, let's go in and look at um, what's going on within the systems of their practice, Let's look for areas of opportunity for growth, and how we can um, how we can actually get in there and uh, fine tune all of those systems, and you know get things back on track where they need to be. Let's deliver a message of health uh, for the patients, you know, uh, when they walk in that door, um, and and primarily, um, you know, I I would highly recommend. Uh, you know, to look at the different profit centers um, that they probably don't have within the practice. Um, You know, some of the, just some, for example, that I would recommend is bringing in an insurance negotiator. Um, A lot of dentists don't even know about these. And a lot of dentists feel that, um, that, uh, you know, that the insurance companies are dictating to how they get paid, right? What they don't realize is that they aren't—they shouldn't be dictated to. They should be telling the insurance companies how much they should be getting paid. And so I would hire a—that a, a, I call an insurance negotiator—to come in and 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 help them to negotiate higher fees. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: that another one, a big one, is practice membership um, programs. Um, so membership programs for the patients. Um, a lot of patients throughout this time have lost their insurance, right? So basically, um, this is offering them a way to be able to pay for your services. And if you have that on your website saying, you know what, we don't have, um, you know, if you don't have insurance, that's okay. We have a membership plan for you, right? No insurance, no problem. <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> so, so we and we see these things and we see these, these changes I see on a regular basis that 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 our clients will implement a membership program or something but they won't invest in getting that message out to the community because they fear that the new patients you know that that they that their existing patients are going to be you know it's going to cost them more than it's going to make them but really if they don't market it then that is what's going to happen they have to actually commit to not only the changes that they make but the communication to get that message out.
0: The other thing I would recommend on that is yeah. actually getting more educated on it uh, because of the fact that there are uh, many many doctors and it is is becoming a trend within the industry to become insurance you know um, free you know basically independent of dental insurance.
1: And one of the things I want to talk to you about that is a big part of this is dependent on how you how you market and how you communicate.
0: Correct.
1: And and Bob, you've been in dentistry since I was a toddler. <laughs> <you>
0: know, <laughs>
1: since since I was in preschool.
0: Wow. And so
1: you've seen more than I've seen, and I've been in dentistry for about twelve years. Right and you've seen this mentality change. So so talk to our listeners about how let's say the old school mentality about marketing and I'm going off track, sorry, but the oh, old school men the yeah. old school mentality about marketing and and how dangerous is that when it comes to growing a practice.
0: You know what I would actually say I think this is going to really sum it up for you really well. I just so I would actually say Um, old-school mentality of marketing uh, really is all about uh, cookie-cutter type marketing, right? So I think there's a lot of uh, marketing companies out there that uh, really make you look like everyone else out there. So I think it's all about now in today's world, is about becoming unique and different and showing them your whole whole personality of who you are and and what you're about. And so... um, I think that it's really important that they get a new message out there, of, of, you know, basically that they're bringing themselves up into the millennial age of, mm-hmm. you know, of marketing as well, um, because really that's actually where um, everybody is searching is on internet, right?
1: Yeah. And,
0: and I, I can tell you that the, the doctors that I've seen that are um, the, older, the older generation of doctors, you go to their websites and they're just old and tired. And it doesn't really speak to anything except I just look like everyone else. Um, So, you know, the one thing, and I I really have to tell you that, um, you know, the doctors that I work with, um, I also help fourth quarter dentists, doctors that are looking to retire. And, you know, um, the one thing I really get, I tell them is, you know what, um, now's the time to freshen up your marketing, you know, marketing efforts, possibly rebrand yourself if you if, you're, if the name of your practice is your name, why don't we call it something new? And uh, that way, it just makes it a little bit better. But you're also rebranding yourself and bringing other new patients into that practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the one thing I would recommend. So what do you yeah. think? Yeah,
1: I, I agree completely. And I think there's an even older school of thought. So I, I've watched it evolve from marketing is bad. And at oh, yeah. a point a point it was illegal and so there's still this feeling of we're doing something wrong if we market and and there's also this feeling that well if we just do what we're supposed to do and we treat people well we don't need to market and it can be true it can be true to a point but marketing is so much more than just putting out an ad it is how you communicate
0: yes
1: and educate your community and now we have all of these resources videos at the tip of our fingers on our phones, we can just go live and communicate with the community. Like it's so simple right now right, to get right. exposure and to educate. And yet there's still such a strong resistance from, from what I see.
0: Well, there's one thing I do want to add to that as well is that um, the one thing I, I really um, learned uh, throughout the years is doctors will look at marketing and they'll say, oh, it doesn't work. It's just expensive. It doesn't work, right? And it's like, I, I just want to look, sit back and say, seriously, really, what, um, probably the marketing is working, but what's not working is maybe the person answering the phone. And they sometimes don't want to believe that. They, they want to believe that it's the marketing that's not working. And so, absolutely, when they put together any type of marketing you know, program, and I'm sure you can do this with your, your clients, but to have a protocol of how they answer the phone.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's um it's very challenging when they're not willing to to even listen to a call
0: because right. they don't
1: even want to know. Just they'd rather put double the amount of money into marketing than have an uncomfortable conversation with with whoever yeah. is in that role.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. and
1: sometimes I will say sometimes the marketing is not working. Sometimes you know, there's not transparency on the message being put out or the ad spend. Yeah. I just want to kind of throw this out there and it's a little off topic, but if you are investing in marketing and you don't know your exact budgets, how much is going to Google, how much is going to Facebook, you just are paying one lump sum and you're not right. seeing any difference in, in call volume. You, it, it could be a situation where the marketing isn't working. And you just want to facilitate some open communication, look at your analytics, ask your, your marketing team to explain the data to you
0: right. in a
1: way that you understand what you're paying for. And, and it'll, it'll help set your mind at ease. You don't want to be paying for something you don't understand and then not even really understanding the return because then you're kind of driving blind. You, it's right. really hard to make those decisions. Yep. So. Um, We are talking about foundation and what we need to do to add to to, uh, strengthen the foundation. Let's recap what elements, just for our audience to recap, what elements make up the foundation of a practice?
0: So I would say if we were to look at the foundation, um, the first thing I would help a doctor with personally is let's look at your financial foundation first, right? Let's, Let's look at how we can actually start to free up some cash flow. And look for opportunities of growth with you know that you can actually use that extra money for. Um, without a doubt, I would always say a business evaluation, a snapshot. I would also you know do an evaluation of their uh, marketing efforts as well. Um, do a complete demographic of what's happening in their community and what's going on there, um, and then also um, bring in all these these additional. Um, uh, Profit centers into the practice. One area, and I didn't even mention it, was perio in a practice. <laughs> I know this. I know I'm going down the clinical side, but periotherapy in a practice is super important. Um, and I'm not sure if you've heard of a company called. I'm. Not, I'm giving all these. Little <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's called Perio Protect. Amazing, amazing, uh, you know, company. But you know what they're what they do is they're you know, providing a way to help the patients become healthy within their practice. And, you know, through the therapy of protect. And um, I just think that that, that has really grown um, a perio um, part of the practice for a lot of general practices. So that's a great proposition. Anyway.
1: Yeah. And I think it starts with knowing the numbers. It starts with looking at the financials, looking for these areas of opportunity. When you work with someone, Bob, you have all of this experience and knowledge as to where these benchmarks are and as to, and so you can very quickly and easily see the areas of opportunity and then work to connect these doctors with the resources that they need to make a change. And I I absolutely love it. So, so you work to help many dentists transition in and out of their practices. Um, How's the market right now? (sighs) Let's talk about that, and and what's your recommendation on marketing?
0: So, um, so pre- basically, uh, market. I mean, uh, the market right now for um, acquisitions, without a doubt. Um, you know, you've got a tremendous amount of uh, doctors wanting to sell their practices. Um, we're just, you know, I'm talking to brokers all the time, and when they're telling me, they're just overloaded with practices, and. and And the reasons behind that is primarily because these are older doctors. They're afraid of coming back to the practice, um, you know, for various reasons. Um, And and, or they just don't want to have to put up with all the things that they have to do to come back to the practice. Um, So so they're selling their practices much sooner than what they had expected. Um, And so now you've got buyers that are also um, really um, taking advantage of not the doctors that are selling, but they're taking advantage of being able to um, buy a practice now. And yeah. so without a doubt, um, I, we're seeing lots of acquisitions um, and, and a lot of doctors coming in. I think the biggest things that banks are looking at is, you know, how, how well have these uh, uh, sellers been able to bring back the practice you know, once they came back to the practice? You know, how, how well is the practice performing um, once they came back? Um, that's one area that I think that everybody's looking at. That the great news is about that is I'm actually seeing a lot of doctors almost at 100% um, right now, based on you know uh, where they were before. And in some cases, I've heard do- some doctors are saying, "You know what? I'm doing more than I am."
1: Oh, best best month ever in July. I'm hearing yeah. that left and right, and exactly. I'm like, "Listen, calm down. Look at <laughs> October." Yeah. And stay grounded stay focused right. get someone right. scheduling october november please yes so they're so busy right now and there's this sense of relief yes. because we had this fear of are we ever going to come back from this and then we felt so confident in the comeback because we had all this backlog work but it's right. really not a true reflection of where the practice is at and we so, we yeah. need to be focused
0: so need to be focused. Remember, we get distracted from the things that are, are, you know, that we're in right now from the things that are important. So they come back, they start to get distracted from being too busy and they lose sight of building their practice, right? So, um, that's actually what, um, where they're at, but for buyers coming in, now circling back, sorry. I, that's all I'm right. I'm all over the place. <laughs> so for buyers, uh, Uh, when it comes to purchasing their practice, I highly recommend that they come to somebody such as yourself. You know, once they get their loan formally approved by the bank, it's pretty much the sure thing, you know, moving forward that this is going to happen, right? So great time to um, actually, you know, start to set up their branding, their marketing, um, you know, their marketing efforts um, and, you know, how they're going to do things moving forward.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I had a, Yeah, I had a conversation earlier, Bob, with someone who is purchasing a practice in one month and needs branding and website, doesn't know how much marketing he's going to need after that, because you just, sometimes you don't know 100% until you get in and you see the actual new patient flow and the actual situation. But he said, should I just, I should probably just wait until I I get the money and I close. And I was like, oh my goodness, the second you close and you're the owner, you're going to be having to fire people and audit this and audit that, and you get so overwhelmed, you wanna be at the point where you're ready to hit go um, yeah. on, the, on the website. This is gonna be the last thing you're thinking about at that, at that time. Yep. And I was like, ideally you would have called me a few weeks ago, but we, I mean, we still that's have right. some time. Yep. And so it's, it, it can be very hectic, hectic to take over a, new, a business that's new to you and yep. to learn it all. Um, and there's a lot involved in that. I have a question off, off of the agenda out of the blue and <laughs> <That's hard.
0: laughs>
1: I can edit it out if you don't find it appropriate, oh, but, wow. um, I've heard from, um, first time buyers that they're having a hard time getting financed right now because of the uncertainty of the market and that it's much easier for people who have already owned a practice or two to leverage and to get financed so can you talk to me about that because someone told me that like maybe a week ago and i was like hmm
0: so okay i'm going to tell you everything all the little ins and outs of what's been going on so really quick um so primarily you know coming out of this for banks obviously I think everybody was kind of running scared and trying to figure out, okay, do we trust this, and are we going to be able to move forward? How are we going to move forward? You know, to land again, and all these other things. And um, you know, there, you know, right off the bat when everybody started opening, um, there maybe there was maybe one or two lenders out there that, you know, already looked at this and said, you know what, we're fine. We're, we know these doctors are going to be okay. So they just automatically started lending, right? And, um, you know, and just really kind of put the protocol in place before the doctors opened up their practice. I think, I think some lenders held off and decided, you know what, let's see how the doctors do coming back to the practice and how well the practice is performed. So, um, so now you have lenders out there that want you to believe <laughs> that there is no lending out there right now, but, but the reality of it is there is lending out there right now. For sure, Citibank is actually out there lending, um, and we are helping doctors with their acquisitions. Um, but uh, you know, I know of some of my competitors that are just barely barely coming back on board, and some of them still haven't. But the reality of it is, if they want if they want to call me, I'll tell them who is open and who's not. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? But-
1: well, that's very helpful because sometimes you get information. And, and you kind of projected out to the industry, well, maybe that was one lender at that time.
0: I would, yeah, I would, if it's just a one lender saying that, I would say, okay, let me call the others um, mm-hmm. to find out because that is absolutely not true.
1: Well, and in the same time period, I had several like first-time buyers close on their practices. So I'm like, hmm, yes. the information isn't quite
0: That's adding right. up. Yeah, yeah there, there's some big lenders out there that wanted I think really wanted you to believe that that lending wasn't happening right now. Um and, and they were the honestly the popular one, mm-hmm. you know, popular ones out there that mm-hmm. are like up in your area and you know where your guys are at. Um, but the reality of it is yes, there are nationwide lenders that are lending today. <laughs> so
1: and I just want to say from a from a business owner's perspective, or for someone who's thinking about becoming an owner. I think it's a great time. I think you can get a great opportunity right now. Yep. And where would someone start if they're like, you know what? I think I do want to take the first steps to learn about becoming an owner and, and acquiring a practice.
0: You know, good question. I, I, This is actually where I love I love this part of it. Um, my, I, I think I would probably, and I, I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but just rather help Doctors that are new and new coming into the dental world um, and wanting to uh, become a part part of owning their own practice. Um, it's really all about um, really helping them to first of all understand what their goals and their uh, what their goals, their vision is, what it is that they're really looking for, and um, really helping them to eliminate the fears that they have when it comes to purchasing a practice, and then um, then possibly helping them to locate a practice with them Um, and then basically from that start to look at the practices with them and helping them to gain the confidence that they need to be able to understand what's going on in the practice so
1: would they contact you bob and you can you can help guide them
0: oh absolutely yes
1: okay great and and as we wrap up how can our listeners and how can our audience get in touch with you
0: um, so, absolutely, they can email me, um, Bob bob.afflick at city.com. They can absolutely call me. Um, and I always prefer texting first <laughs> because I, guess I do get a lot of calls. So, um, But um, my phone number is 949-939-4550. Uh, just text me ahead of time. I'll let you know if I, I'm able to talk. If not, I'll let you know when I can, and then we can set something up. Uh, But I'd love to be able to help your listeners.
1: That sounds great. Thank you so much. And for our listeners that are here, you can find us on our Facebook group. It's going to be changing from Dental Marketing with Grace to Dentistry's Growing with Grace. Please subscribe to the podcast so you can hear all of our great information. And we will see you soon.
0: All right. Bye. Thank you.